Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hello. How are you, sir? Uh, very good. Very Guys, good. Project Sapient, we want to say thank you to our thousands of supporters around the world. Last episode we did was like 18,000, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. My God. Everybody go to projectsapient.org. Check out all of our information there. Send us an email, projectsapient2020 at gmail.com. We want to say thank you to our thousands of listeners and our supporters. DCD Automotive, which is the Bach Group. The massive Bach Group. I love them. New car group out of Massachusetts and Delaware. AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, Second Mission, Live Boston, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, my boy Otis, Gun Tracks on App, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, and Joint Operation. And I also want to give a shout out to one of my good friends in the UK. He's a top surgeon on the planet, Dr. Maki. Oh. I love him. All right. So, all right. Does he do plastic surgery? He does a lot of surgery, my friend. He can fix you up really uh, good. Wow, you beat me to it. <laughs> hey, I, I'm proud of who I am, brother. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> wow. So, Iman, we have a couple of awesome guests. Yeah, um, on the horn right now, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, pretty cool actually. I got connected with them, and, and that's what's also awesome about you know having a podcast, social media, and stuff. And you know, uh, they reached out to uh, to us and just gotten to talk to them for the past couple days week and so and uh and yeah we figured we'd have them come on and uh why don't we just bring them on and uh do these guys know what they're getting into i think no (laughs) (laughs) all right let me get them on we have robert and sean how are you guys good to meet you good so yeah, thanks for having us on, guys. Yeah, guys, it's our pleasure. So I know a little bit about what you guys are doing, but we have a lot of curious listeners. Um, Robert, I don't know if you want to take charge and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, I'm an uh, Army Army veteran, U.S. Army veteran, fought with the 10th Mountain Infantry Division in 2006, 2007 in Afghanistan in uh, Paktika province on the eastern frontier with uh, Pakistan and put a pretty good fight over the course of about 16 months over there. And, um, you know, we, we brought the fight to the enemy as much as we could just uh, straight leg, no special operations or anything like that, but just grind it every day on the, on the battlefield. And when we came back, our platoon leader wrote a book about our experiences called outlaw platoon. This was a New York times bestseller. And uh, it was, it was great to just have our story out there and, you know, I'm just a dude, but there are a lot of guys who really are, if there's a definition for hero, it's these guys. And uh, I'm just really proud to have been able to, it's like playing on a Super Bowl team, you know, sometimes you don't even realize you're on the Super Bowl team until, until it's like the trophy is handed to you. And that was kind of how it was for, you know, what really, because that was how it was for us. We just had a unique group of guys. And uh, if you read the book, it's, it really, he he focuses on the group of guys that we had and the, the different personalities. And it was like, uh, it's kind of a motley crew. You know, we didn't, we weren't all similar at all. We were all very unique from one another and different backgrounds. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of my army experience, just, uh, being part of a, of a, a cool motley crew that, that got some good stuff done. You guys turned into a family. We did. We did. In fact, uh, six of the guys, I live in Dallas and six of the guys are here in Dallas. Now we, they one at a time have moved no their way over here. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from different States and whatnot. And so it's cool to have them in town, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of thing where you can't just go and fight and, and sweat and bleed with these guys and then just go about your way. It's, it's not, life isn't like that. And hopefully it's not like that anyway. And it's to, to me, it's great to have guys be able to come together after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, uh, it, it, you know, my squad up out in Iraq, I was there uh, 04 to 06, like, you know, 18 months, I think. Yeah, 17. Yeah, that that was before it became like a mandatory one year deployment. So we were just over there. But uh, but that's what it is. They, they become more than family. I mean, they're, they're your brothers yeah. in arms. And uh, and it's an it's it's an amazing it's such a different uh 
feeling, right? Because again, it's it's made up of guys, different backgrounds, religions, creeds, whatever, and yet it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? We all we all work together and and we all rely on each other and and fight together, cry together, laugh together. It's like everything we make do. out together too. Shh. No, hey, don't ask, don't tell back then. But, uh, but, uh, but that's it, wrong. Yeah. But, but it was a, it was, it was it, it's a, such a great experience. And actually, uh, um, I, we still talk to, to each other. You know, we have a whole group, uh, on our, um, uh, I that we just, we always constantly talk. So it's, it's been like a strong, uh, love for one other, another for, wow, Jesus, like, 16 years, you know, after combat and everything. So have you interviewed any of your, uh, and your, your buddies from the, from the military on the podcast? No, not yet. So, uh, I've actually featured a couple of them. They wrote a couple pieces on Havoc journal and I've actually read, uh, their stuff. So, uh, yes. actually, so in the future coming soon, actually at the airborne for vets, they're going to be down there and I'm going to have them on the podcast so we can record and, and laugh and joke and make fun of each other and how we gain weight and all that, all that good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you got to rip stuff. on each other. Oh yeah, it's constant. Yeah. It, it, it never ends. One of them, uh, one of them had a uh, scare of something, uh, uh, cancer. I think uh, uh, testicular cancer. But if you remember the movie Donnie uh, Donnie um, Brasco, yeah, where Al Pacino says cancer the prick. So that's all I kept saying. I'm like, oh, so you got cancer of the prick, <laughs> and, you know. So, so it's, it's oh, you got cancer of the prick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, so we, you know, here's the thing. Yeah, we get serious and all that, but you know, that's we we just fuck around like yeah, that. You know, it's, it's different. You know, so oh, it's awesome. It's awesome, Rob and uh, Sean. Yeah, well, I mean, if uh, if Robert played on a Super Bowl team, I was uh, I, I'm the towel warmer. I probably <laughs> the water boy. I mean, uh, Adam Sandler's got more juice than I do on the team. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I I got uh, connected with Robert uh, long after the military when he uh, when he founded Claymore Operations, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, on the podcast. But um, also in Dallas, uh, got a lot of friends and family in the military. Did not serve myself, but lots of cop friends, lots of military friends. And, and you watch the transition, you know, of what was kids coming into it, right? I mean, they're 18, 19 years old. And, uh, you know, for your listeners out there, I'm sure they're like, I'm an adult. Yeah. Well, I was not an adult at 18, 19 right. years old. I, yeah. I have a hard time not doing dumb shit now. It was not easy back then. And I'm sorry <laughs> if my parents are listening to this. I'm sorry for what I did to you as a child. But they, they come out of the military where they're told what to do. They're, they're given the structure in this, in this direction. And, now they got money in their pocket trying to figure out how to get into civilian life and the, the skills that are, are not necessarily transferable from one to another. So um, I'm really happy to see what Robert's doing. I got in from that because I've, I watched my friends uh, not always make the right decisions coming out of there. And, and uh, man, if you can make it a little bit easier for the next guy, um, you know, man, it just, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm, I question Robert's judgment to keep me involved, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm thankful for it. You know what I mean? No, that's awesome. So, so that that's the thing. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, you know, when when I got out, um, I got medically discharged from injuries. But when when I got out, um, it, it was one of those. All right, what the like? I, I remember sitting in an office uh, doing insurance claims and shit like that. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> totally yeah. does not translate to my experiences. <laughs> you know, here I am doing friggin', you know, clearing huts and and uh, going after after HVTs and all that stuff and PSD mission after PSD mission. You know, <laughs> so it's like a whole different world. And and kind of found my calling as as being a police officer as the thing that transferred over for me. Um, other veterans are not as fortunate some of them that's where you get the homeless veteran population so high because of mental illness and all kinds of other issues where they're unable to uh, transfer uh, from military life to civilian life i actually have a bunch of friends that are still in the military that went back in they got out maybe they lasted six months in the civilian world they went right back in because one they no longer felt that brotherhood that in the military that we all share and, and love and, and yep. love to have. Uh, to them, everybody's an ind individual in the civilian world, which they hate that. Um, and it's a different it's a different world when you come into civilian life when you've been so used to uh, being uh, not just ordered what to do and all that, but but really be part of something more the structure. than yourself. The you structure know, the too, thing. right? You have you have purpose in the military. Yeah, you know that you have something a lot more. I see it in in law enforcement too, and we just had a friend of ours uh, take his own life, like six months after retirement. Yeah, and literally there was 
nothing wrong with the guy. He was just, he couldn't adjust to life not being a cop. And it's, yeah. so I get it in some small way. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, so with uh, Rob, Claymore Operations. First of all, the name Claymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a, I guess they say a dog whistle. Like, you know what it is, you know what it is. You know what it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you're, if you're like me, you probably saved your life a few times in, <laughs> in the fight, right? Yeah. So, uh, so, so it's a, Claymore is a mine, an anti-personnel mine, and it's also a, a sword, a Scottish broadsword that represents uh, strength that's, that goes way back into medieval times. And, um, well, so... When I got out of the military, kind of like what you were saying, Iman, is is there was a there was a direction that was the wrong direction. I, I I had a plan, and so if you said, "Hey, you know, my last day in the military, hey, do you have a plan of what you're going to do?" My answer would have been, "Yes, I have a plan," but I didn't know it wasn't a good plan. But it, it wasn't. It was a bad plan, and I I went a long way down a bad road. Um, and I don't mean bad like uh, you know I'm incarcerated or anything like that, but but bad in that I was I was spinning my wheels. I was trying to accomplish something by going in the wrong compass direction. And um, it, it wasn't until I took on a mentor that I really was able to get back on track. So that was uh, our co-founder and, and president of Claymore Operations, uh, Gail Westerfer. She mentored me. And actually one of the things that she did because, because she knew what I was trying to do and she kind of had a sense of what I was trying to do to get there. And it didn't make a lot of sense. And so she actually had me talk to, she had me do advice meetings with several people. And um, one of the people I, I spoke with was Sean's dad, who is on our board of directors. And, and he, you know, I kind of said, this is what I want to do. It was like the, like, did you ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Um, I was trying to, I was trying to do the rich dad thing, right? And so yeah. I was like, well, I don't know, I just, I just want to make money and have my money work for me so I don't have to work. That was my plan. It's just to get out of a job, basically. Yeah. And um and so I was going to go to law school. And he's like, that's not, that doesn't make sense. You're, you're wasting your time. That doesn't make sense. Cause school is not right for me. And it's, you know, it's not right for everybody. Um, so having that mentor is able to get me back on track. And so, you know, for me, it was just a matter of, of opening my eyes. I talked to one of my buddies who was getting out at that time. So I'd been out for six years and he'd been in for, I think, uh, 10 years at that point, And he's getting out and uh, so he's a, a senior staff sergeant. He's got responsibility effectively of a, a platoon of men, 40 men. And um, he says, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I didn't get a degree while I was in the army. Um, I'm going to have to go work in a salt mine or something. I don't, I don't have any skills that are going to be useful and I don't know what else I'm going to do. And uh, I, you know, there's no purpose there. I couldn't hear any purpose in his voice. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, I found the solution in the, in the form of a mentor, somebody who has been down the road, they, they lived some life, They've got life experience to share and, uh, and everybody should have that. And, and I wanted to see my friends have that. And, and I, and I know that there are the same people, these mentors, they have things to share. They want to be able to share them. You know, you, you've earned this experience over time. Sean's one of our mentors now, and he's earned experience over a, a lot of years of mistakes and, and, and successes. He's earned experience that he is eager to share with these guys. And uh, there's just nobody putting them together. Now, there are programs out there that are doing mentorship for those who are transitioning out or who have been out for a while, uh, and they're great programs. Uh, we felt like to connect earlier, to get to them while they're still in the military is a huge advantage because there's a lot of opportunity lost there. The things that we're really looking to impart with these guys is, are going to be, uh, we, we, we call it three forms of capital, personal, network, and financial capital, right? So you you need a network. You're getting out of the military. You've got to have a network. Yeah. And if you don't have a network in place already, when you're getting out, then you're already behind the eight ball. Oh, big time. You know, getting a job, it's like 80% of jobs are it's You're hiring somebody, you know, somebody, you know, is is getting the job. Right. And, um, and if you don't have that network that you're, you're not in that, you're not in that list. And so we wanted to, to connect them, to direct them, direction and connection. And then we wanted to, to have our mentors provide influence and inspiration. Now, Rob, you're and, doing that when, when guys or girls are still in the military. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge possible, advantage. Fact, we've had, we've had our, our youngest warfighter. He was, he, he had six months before he was even going to go to basic training. Mm. And so, you know, he's having the conversations with the, with the recruiters. Um, the recruiters are, you know, I, I don't want to say that they're all, there's, they got this reputation where. Uh-oh. Did he cut out on us? No, oh, hold on. It'll come back. <laughs> we got to get better technology, my friend. We'll tell you the information you need to get in the military. Then we're going to talk to somebody else, right? Yeah, but you yeah. guys, I mean, getting in early is so important, Robert, because, you know, I mean, you guys said it too. You've, you've got friends that, that are getting up to their term, getting up to their four years, right? And they re-up. Why? 
Yeah. Well, number one is because they don't know anything different. Number two is the military is not incented to let you go. Yeah. They yeah. just spend a shit ton of money training you, getting an asset prepared, and then the asset's going to walk. Yeah. They don't want to do that. They're not going to encourage it. And I'm not trying to denigrate the military. It's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's not in their incentive to to have that transition investment to to get out into civilian life. Well, so I, having people like Robert get in early is is super important. Well, that hundred percent true, Sean. Like you know, the average uh, cost for an enlisted uh, guy, depending on job and stuff like that, is anywhere between fifty to hundred thousand dollars worth of training. So why would the military allow you know give you the four years and see you later? No, they'd rather help you develop as a warfighter, and hopefully you stay around. Right. For their investment, so you're looking at it as an asset. Yeah, exactly. For their for their right. investment to flourish, right. where you know go through the ranks and all that stuff, which I I completely understand. Uh, but but it also help, uh, hurts those that you know. Let's say they get injured, they have to get chaptered out, um, or they're just done. They're burnt out from fighting. So so you know, twenty years of war has taken a toll on on our warfighters. So you know, yeah. they need to get out. They need to change. Um, but it's it's that change is that disconnect they don't know how to get there so i think that's where rob you found that need uh that purpose to fill that exactly exactly and, and if you look at the you know the transition assistance programs that the military offers they're they they've figured out that you need a longer runway to take off the plane right yeah. so they'll say okay come to us 18 months out or whatever start working on the things you're going to need to get out of the military. The problem is not everybody knows they're getting out of the military. And also nobody's helping you make the decision on whether or not to get out of the military. Mm -hmm. So when you're making those decisions, what you need is somebody you already trust. Yeah. You've built a relationship with them and that they can help you navigate through that. They and guide you. you yeah. Yeah. Guide you. Yes. Be a guide. Right. So, and, yeah. and if you, a lot of people know that there's, there's some mistrust a lot of times for guys who are in the military yeah. with civilians. Oh and it's not yeah. so easy to trust civilians when you come off the battlefield, yeah. you know, that there've been people protesting you the whole time. And, you know, there are all kinds of issues that come up there. And, um, and so if you want to build that trust, it's got to start early. And so we connect them like right out of basic training to get the stupid haircut and they get a mentor. That's the goal. That's awesome. Well, that, that, that's, that's actually, you know what, you know, we never had that Rob, you know, uh, when did you uh, initially enlist? I, I went in in 2004. Okay. Yeah. So I went in 2002 um, and, and yeah, I didn't have any of that. You know, you go in, bus cut, go through uh, basic AIT and then sure enough, you know, not even a year later, I'm in Iraq. I would, you know? I would imagine it, like you guys are saying the bus cut, right? I, yeah. It's a big demoralizing thing, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I, I would imagine though, at that point, you realize when you get a mentor, when you know that there's something available to you, suddenly your vision kind of expands a little bit. Yeah. You're taken out of that, that like tunnel vision of what's going to be happening for the next four years. Yeah. Now you have that hope, hope I would say, or something of the sort that, you know, there's something at the end of the tunnel. Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, what it is with, with army recruiters, uh, military recruiters, they're your quote unquote initial mentor, I guess, if you want to call it, because they're just trying to get you to sign up. And I was going to say, do they give a shit after no, they well, signed up? No, they don't. But but it depends on uh, on the type of, there's always, you know, good recruiters, bad recruiters. Some of them are better than others. It's just like any other industry. But, uh, but once you're off, you're off. Right. You know, you, they, they're moving on to the next recruit to mentor and to build and yeah. to send them off again. You know, so they're just like pumping uh, young kids over and over again into the military. Once you get to basic, I mean, I, I'll never forget when I was in the cattle car, <laughs> you know, heading over to, uh, over at Fort Sill, heading over the tracks to go to the shark attack, basically, where it was like a whole bunch of drill sergeants waiting for us. Uh, it was like... Okay, now what? <laughs> you know, it's it's like okay, well, we go into that, and and you know, you do the training, and the only thing you're learning is war fighting, war fighting. You know, your combat arms. You're just learning how to fight, how to kill, how to do this, how to do that. You know, and and though you never have that mentor outside of the military or was in the military as a veteran and is now a mentor, you don't get assigned somebody like that to be like, all right this is what's available for you out here when right. you're done or when you're ready to be done. This is, you know, the networking, like you said, Rob, that's huge. Like right now for me in law enforcement and, and Pete does the same thing. We network with a shit ton around the private sector where our skills, yeah, it's law enforcement what, and, and mil, uh, for me, military and law enforcement, but what they see, uh, Sean, you can, you can probably, uh, you know, uh, touch on this, but what they see is a different drive than what they typically see recruiting somebody you know, who's never been in the military, never law enforcement. We, we have a different drive that they see. That's, yep. that's what of I course. keep hearing, right? Yeah. Am I right, Sean? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's I got to tell you the the benefits. I I don't understand this because every time I you know I I hear these topics of uh, you know veterans have a hard time getting hired or getting uh, getting into careers. I don't understand that at all because I'd much rather have them. The the structure, the discipline, the drive, the focus on a mission, the import of what they're doing every step of the way is very very clear. All you've got my job is to define what the end state of that mission is, right? This is the hill that we're going to go capture. This is what we're going to go do. I'll help you get there. Here's the process. And then away we go. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, for yeah. me, it's, I'd rather do it that way, honestly. So, I mean, uh, to, to us and listen to the military guys, that's commander's intent. You give me the commander's intent. I know what to, you know, okay, got it. You know, Roger that. I know what you need to get done. I'll get it done. And, and that's it. You know, and, and you mm -hmm. just kind of, that's the way kind of we've been trained and built is to listen to that commander's intent and build our mission off that to know what the end game is going to be. All right. The end game is going to be charging that hill. All right. We got it. Or the end game is going to be, Hey, we got this new product that is uh, going to roll out. We need to get it out there. Roger that. Now I know, okay, this is the end game. Now this is the way I'm going to get to that end game. So yeah. one of the things I think you're hitting on is, is the, is there's a, maybe a lack of confidence, right? So yeah. you, you, you're, you're coming with something that's, that's very positive to put on the table. You're bringing something that's valuable that people like Sean, they want to be able to hire people like you, yeah. but you may not know how to express it or you may not, you're, maybe you're aiming low, right? You're, you're, you're picking something. You're saying, I'm not going to be able to get a job because, you know, you know, when I was getting out, the retention guy was saying I'm going to live in the street, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, not be able to feed my family. And so you, you're not confident. We want to build, we want to empower that confidence to recognize you do have something you're bringing with you and you just have to put it to work. And so there are, you know, there are organizations that are, that are uh, relief organizations. So it's like, you got, you got, Veterans who are thirsty, let's dig a well for them. They're thirsty right now, okay? And that's not us. There are organizations that are development organizations, which is, hey, let's teach somebody how to dig a well, okay? So that's job skills, things like that when you're getting out. Also very valuable, also not us. Our organization focuses on empowerment. It's like a next level, which is we're teaching you how to think about digging a well. We're te teaching you how to think about collecting water in a different way because the truth is you already know how to dig a well. You've already got the thing, the tools. You, if you're successful in the military, you've got the tools you need to succeed after the military. You just don't know it yet. Let me ask you guys a question, right? A, a, a big thing with getting out of these professions is the fear of the unknown, right? You guys yes. step in and you show you can do this. It has been done. Do you focus a lot on success stories of guys that have left the profession? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I know, Absolutely. I know military and police, we we're very visual people. We need examples. Yeah. We need to be shown because half the times we hear shit, we're like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Right. right? So, but when we have cold, hard facts in front of us and we can see it, touch, touch it, smell it, it changes our perspective on things. Do you guys focus on the success stories, quote unquote? We do, well, we do, but you know, it's when you're talking about dealing with somebody in a unique way that's specific to them. So you, there's something specific that's out there for you, a purpose that's out there for you. And it's, it's you, it's just you. And so when you're focused on that, it's going to look different. So it's not necessarily going to be big numbers of what we're doing. We're, we're drilling down deep for each person and we're not necessarily casting a broad net. We're going not broad, but deep. Right. Gotcha. So it's not like, Hey, we helped a thousand veterans with mentorships that lasted two months. These are lifelong mentorships. They go, they go until basically until there's, until somebody's on purpose. So the mentorship is tailored around the person's needs, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's yeah, not this so, broad checklisted thing that you guys no, are doing or anything. It's no, very tailored, no, very specific. Exactly. And part of the problem is, or part of the challenge that, that leads to that is that a lot of times guys say, well, I want to do this thing when I get out of the military. Uh, and that they've got it in their mind. It doesn't necessarily mean it's first office. It may not be what they think it is. And second, it may not be what they want or, or is going to suit them. So there's a guy I'm mentoring. He got out of the army recently. He came back from Iraq and got right out. And he's, he's, he said he wanted to be a x-ray technician, right? He probably heard somewhere along the line, Hey, this is, this is good money. It's going to be a high demand. You know, it's school's not that hard. You can go through it and do it. So we had him talk to an x-ray technician, which he hadn't done before. He just heard, you know, you know how it is. The barracks guys are like, Oh, yeah, x-ray yeah. tech, do that. That's going to be great. Yeah. So we had him talk to an x-ray technician and we talked through, this is what the job looks like day to day. These are the prospects for advancement within that job. And that was the thing he's like, ah, that doesn't sound like a lot of prospect for advancement. He wants something unique, a unique challenge every day. And so he's shifted course, but it's like, 
you have to address the specific issue that person's facing. It's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that. So, yeah. so let's, let's do like a, an example, hypothetical thing, or even a, a, a real thing where, where Rob, you have somebody and you, and, and Sean, you get involved as a mentor. What does that look like under, uh, under Claymore operations? So, you know, a veteran, you, you, uh, now would you, do you approach the veteran or the veteran kind of finds you? How, how does that work first, Rob? We'll take them how we get them. It's, you know, that's actually been one of our biggest challenges is finding the, the military people. And it's just because, um, it, it, first off, it's just because they often don't understand the concept because it's because they're, they'll feel like it's like, oh, you're helping the guys that they're like need a leg up their remedial or whatever. But that's not it. We're we'll take anybody, but we're looking for people who are looking to improve their, their trajectory that are wanting to aim higher, right? Yeah. You want to be the president of the United States? That's not out, out of your reach. So we'll take, we're, we're, we're getting them where we can get them. And that's mostly, it's been uh, referrals. So it's family members. You talked about earlier about the, the recruiter and and, uh, and and not having a, a clear prospect down the road. Yeah. That's a problem with recruiting. Because if your older brother was, a, was in the military, you got out and worked at Starbucks, you know, that you remember that. You'll say, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm not going to have a, a, a job that I want. Yeah. So we want to, we want to want them to think that way. We want them to think bigger. Yeah. And um and, and family members see that often more clearly because you're thinking, oh, I'm going to jump out of airplanes. That's all I care about right now. I'm going to shoot machine guns. And that's all. I, I'm not thinking about anything else. And we want to we want the family members will say, no, 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 no. You need to think further down the road. Yeah. And that's where we're going to connect. So then we say, OK, we're going to connect you with one military veteran mentor and one civilian mentor. And that's important because like what you mentioned earlier, the, the, when you go into the military, you're being trained by somebody who's experienced in the military, a drill sergeant. You come out of the military in the civilian world, you need to be trained by somebody who's a civilian yeah. to reintegrate into a new world. And, and you know, that's where we, we connected with somebody like Sean, who, again, has a tremendous amount of experience, but also has a passion for this. It's, it's, it's authority and also empathy. And they're, they're there to guide through, you know, through anything that comes up. Our job as a mentor is to not feed anybody a line of shit. Yeah. Right. There's enough stigma that people, particularly in the military, don't want to go talk to somebody, right? Yeah. What is that guy going to talk to me about? What does he know? What does Sean know about any of this stuff? How does he understand what I've been through? And I don't. And that's the reality. But if you don't talk to somebody, then you're not going to get a different perspective. So your perspective never changes. So you come out of the military with the same perspective that you might have had yesterday, the day before, the day you got in. That's not going to fly in the civilian world. You have to have some sort of change, but you have to have some sort of conversation to start that. So if you get them early, you get past that stigma, you tell them the truth, and you don't sugarcoat it, and you do try and have an, an honest, willful kind of servant mentality to help out, then that I think that shines through, right? Guys, I mean, what you're doing is, it's amazing, to tell you the truth. I mean, just sitting here and kind of looking at it from a bird's eye view, what you're doing is amazing. <clears throat> you're providing... I don't want to call it a service because a service almost like takes away from what you're doing. Like you're helping people. Like I think of like that 18 year old kid that's like, fuck, I just signed up. I just signed my ass away for the next four yeah. years. What am I going to do after? So uh, Rob, I, I don't know if your experience was the same when, when we got home uh, during DMOB, uh, you know, you go into the freaking Bay area and you're sitting down and the VA comes and different organizations, organizations come to talk to you and I'll, I'll never forget you know with when the va comes in and says yeah hey you guys just came back and you know you guys are going to be different not the you know so you, you, your family uh you know that they didn't really change but you changed all that you know a lot of it made sense and everything and then it goes into well you know uh, next we're going to uh you know at this line you're going to come to see a va counselor and if you need any help or anything let us know if you're having issues let us know then we'll keep you on base uh, a lot longer and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to admit that I got issues, so I'm not going to, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to be locked in uh, on base. We're like, fuck that. We're not going to say shit. So it was one of those kind of like, you know, when, when you're mobbing, it literally like, cattle right herding cattle you're just going through getting all your shots doing everything demob to me my experience was the same exact way it was like just shuffling you right through all right and then they give you a two-week reintegration into society while you're living on a military base how does that make any sense? Like, no, I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, Rob, so, so was that your experience or, or yeah, sorry, Sean, what were you going to say? I was going to say that's, a, that's exactly why when Robert pulled this together, made this a very tailored specific piece, because if it feels like it's a machine, it is, Yeah, uh, you're on a conveyor belt, you're <laughs> yeah. there to go through, you're a number, get in, you, you don't have anything good. I checked the box and he doesn't have anything. He's yeah. cool. Yeah. Move on to the next guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, that's not, that's not going to offer any service, right? The service yeah. is, Hey, 
tell me what's going on. Tell me, tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you want to, what you like, what you want to be. Oh, you're 11. Bravo. Okay. Well, let's see what we can do to find something that's going to be catered to your skills, but more importantly, catered to what you want to do. You still have to have a sense of purpose and a mission, particularly when you get out, right? Because of the way that, that a lot of us are wired, it's not just the job. It's not just civilian life. It's having a purpose and a sense of duty getting out of that. I'd be willing to bet that's a good reason why you guys are cops. Yeah. Right? There's a <laughs> yeah. sense of duty. There's a mission that's there. Right. Well, that's it ain't right. the paycheck. Yeah. That, well, that's it exactly it. It isn't that the media loves you today. <laughs> no. You know, well, well, that's the thing. Like, I like, like abuse. That's why <laughs> I do exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it, well, it's like one of those things where, you know, the, that purpose and that drive. I never had that in, in terms of mentor having that been like, all right, yeah, you got skill set. You've been to combat, whatever. Uh, you, where where you get the typical, oh, uh, you've been, uh, you, you, all you do is uh, shoot guns. Well, I don't know what what transfers into civilian life, and then and then you're stuck. You're like, are you serious? So I can't do shit. Yeah, all you did was shoot guns in the military and went to war. So yeah, there's nothing that you can really offer. Which I've heard that so many times from you know these guys uh, and gals, uh, these veterans that go to these. Uh, what do you call them? They're, they're kind of like a, a job hunt type, yeah, uh, headhunters, yeah, job fair, headhunters, whatever. Put you in a box. But yeah, exactly. So automatically, again, it's that stigma. They put you in that box that you. You are a broken veteran, you know, PTSD, TBI, all that shit. Yeah, you're of no use to anybody. They check you off and see you later. And that, and that's, that's you know, that's a real issue that, that still, I think, goes on to this day. So I think I think with what you're doing, Rob, and, and Sean, you being a mentor, is, is you, you guys are kind of filling that gap, the, the in-between gap, right? Right before they go to that headhunter, right before they go to that recruiter. And the recruiter, you know, feeds them a line of bullshit and says, well, yeah, you're a broken vet. We can't really do anything with you. You know, so this is, I think that's where you guys are coming in, especially with this, the power of three. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's really good. Like, like what you described it as is a civilian mentor, a veteran mentor. And it's like and, and the third uh, what was the third one that you had? It's called uh, uh, oh, uh, civilian mentor, military mentee and a veteran mentor. Right. So how, how were you able to kind of combine all that together? How how did you formulize that actually? Well, it, it, I don't know, honestly, I, well, because we thought about what the need was, right. The need is it's like you're crossing a bridge, right. And and, uh, you remember crossing like a linear danger area in the army, you got to be able to cover on both sides as you're, as you're getting guys across. Well, the guy on this side is, is your, your veteran guy. That's somebody who knows what it is to be where you are right now, on your last day in the military, going into what seems like a dark pathway, right? You're going to the darkest path in the woods, and what are you going to do? And, and you're anxious about it. Same thing as same thing you felt going into the military for most guys. Um, but so they know what it's like to feel that. And now you're going to go across the bridge to meet the guy that's on the other side, which is the civilian who's who knows that world, and they know you're going. They're going to help you know the things you don't know. Because there are things, you know, it's like the, the Donald Rumsfeld unknown knowns or whatever, you know, it's it, they're going to help you understand the things where you have gaps. You're talking about skills and, and being able to do something besides just shooting rifles and kicking indoors. Uh, we had a guy that he, he said, I don't know how to I don't know how to do anything. I just I, I'm an infantry guy. And we said, OK, well, what did you do last week? This is when he's still active. He says, well, you know, we jumped we did jumped into Italy for a training mission and we ended up in the wrong place. And so I had to take charge. uh of, of the group that I was with and lead them over here. And, you know, we had to make use of the equipment that we had and all that. So he's describing things that you would see on any job description for middle management anywhere. Right. In America. Yeah. Yep. But he's but that's resourceful. The thing. He's, t- he's taking charge. Yeah. That, he just doesn't know it. Well, that's what it is. It's, it's these headhunters, the recruiters, and a lot of these corporations do not, see past that they don't see that you know oh shit you know i mean was uh, was in this uh, uh yeah. was in this area or i mean you know i mean spoke speaks arabic he was doing so much human intel gathering while in iraq he interacted with all sorts of people he uh you know he did this 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 and it's like yeah commanded uh, units uh, came up with uh, different things adapt overcome different missions and so and and all those do translate like you said into mid to upper management type positions but we just don't know it. Is it? A, let me ask you. I mean, is it? It's not a lack of confidence because you're going into the military. You come out with a lot of confidence because you get you engage in certain things. You have skill sets and all that, right? I saw it. Why, why I'm asking this? I saw it with my guys at Special Ops that we did have a lot of vets coming on, and they thought that that was the only thing that they could do. And I'm not That's saying true. being a cop or being a, or being an operator is the only thing that you can do, right? They would look at people like me 
and without giving too much detail where I have like four jobs and businesses and this and that. And they would say, why do you do that? How do you do that? And I'd say, well, what do you mean? How you can do the same thing too. Yeah. Yep. And I actually had one person, you, you're going to laugh at this. I had one person try and scold me for doing too much. And they said, you should pick one thing and be really good at that. And that's it. And I looked at him and I said, what the hell's wrong with you? Why would you say that to me? A, and why would you say that in front of other people? Yeah. Like, yeah. but, but that's the, the, that's sometimes the mentality. So, some thing is, though, it's because that individual, uh, us in the military, haven't been shown a different way, right? We, but we, that's what these guys are doing. That's what, which that's what you guys that's are a very, doing. It's a very enlisted mentality. Were, yeah. you, were, you, I mean, uh, were you enlisted, Iman? Yes. So officers, I think, have a different mentality where I was enlisted as well. And they have kind of a dual duality, even while they're in the military. It's like citizen and soldier. Yeah. Enlisted, that's not the case. It's like, get the mission done. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Only the mission. Yep. And that's encouraging. You know, there's, there's advantages to that. When you're on the battlefield, you can't be thinking about a lot of other things and right. you just get distracted. And they're good on the field, on the field, but, um, but, they, but they have to get out of that way of thinking if they're going to survive on the outside, because like you said, they're missing opportunities. We want to put them in front of people. This is the inspiration component to what we're doing. We want to put them in front of people like Sean who have set high goals for themselves and achieved them and say, Oh, I can do what Sean does. You know, like they spent talk at first, they're going to be intimidated. They're going to say, Oh, this is, this is a guy who's got a lot of responsibility. And then over time, they're going to say, this is a guy that's just a guy. And he's he's just walked a path where he's been consistent. He's been ambitious and he's moving forward. And, you know, we've got Sean is, again, tremendously experienced. We've got guys who are uh, chief information officers, you know, C-suite across the board. We've only got 10 mentees right now, 10. And we're, we're pairing them with these executives, people who have accomplished huge things in their lives. And it's, it makes a big deal. And the reason there's only 10, the reason I, I emphasize that is because we're going deep with each one. We want them to, we want them to have the time with their mentors to understand, to get that, that inspiration and influence, to understand that they, they can achieve more. That's yeah. a big piece of it, man. Because like, I, I know like a lot of guys in the military will look at some of these services and be like, Oh, it's just another fucking yeah. check the box type of rah, rah. Yeah. We'll help you. The fact that you show that you're actually tailoring things to guys needs to guys needs and wants. Right. And then you're actually spending the time and digging in deep with them is huge. And that's why I was kind of asking before, like, are you is sort of advertising the success stories of what you're doing in, in the capacity that you can advertise. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Well, we're doing our best. That's what we're here for right now. Right. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're talking to you about that. And that's what we want. We want to spread the story because um, like I said, we've got, we've got a, a waiting list of mentors, people who have, you know, a, a tremendous resume and in, in their careers, but also in life. These are people who are leaders in their communities. So we want to go beyond success. Success is where, I've set goals for myself to make a certain amount of money or reach a certain title in my job. Uh, we want to go beyond that to significance because that's where we start talking about purpose, right? So you got stability, success, significance. And we want to get into significance where you're not only achieving your goals, you're helping other people achieve their goals. You're making a difference in the community. You're irreplaceable in your community. Here's That's the thing, though. I know, Pete, you said, uh, you know, we, we come out of the military, we're very confident. And, and yeah, it's true. We have that confidence and everything. But in the civilian world, that confidence, that confidence gets taken away when every time we go to some job or, or go to a headhunter or try to figure something out, it's like, geez, it's like crash and burn because we're not, because we're so uh, uh, motivated and so driven to do things like, like Rob, like you were said, describing, you just didn't know how you wanted to, you just didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? So, so, oh, I don't know what's going on there. Sorry, my phone went haywire. Oh, all right. <laughs> playing a podcast while we're talking. I'm sorry. Uh, all right, so so uh, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so th that's the thing. Like like we, what you were touching on, Rob, is is when you were trying to figure out what's your next purpose. You know, you were you were motivated. You were doing your thing, but then it, it you were just you just needed a little bit more, a little more guidance. You know, mentorship to get you yeah. to where you got to, to where you are now. I mean, I'm reading right now, you know, you have, you have a, uh, on your, on your website, you have a, uh, 
this uh, picture of uh, these two guys, Justin, a veteran mentor who served in Afghanistan as mentee, Brian, 20-year active duty sergeant in the U.S. Army, and uh, who's retiring soon, and Brian's goal is to become a pilot. So, but but here's the thing, that, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, the, the conversation was, well, yeah, all they did was shoot guns, but what else can I do? Well, now he's becoming a pilot because he was, he was guided, essentially, by this mentor to help him realize that, no, your skills go beyond just shooting a gun. You know, there's something else there in you that you don't know. And and all yeah. of us veterans know that unless we discover it ourselves, we don't know what it is that drives us, you know, that makes us, you know, feel like we do what we do. I mean, we, we you know, I was just talking to a couple of veterans uh, today, uh, actually John Moynihan. I was talking to him today. Uh, he's a Boston police officer who got shot in the face. Uh, he's a ranger, ranger guy, uh, you know, combat vet, good, good dude. Uh, but when he survived it because in his mind, he said, I'm not fucking dying. Yeah. You know, he, so he, that now, now translate that drive into, you know, into, into the job market where you're never going to fucking fail where you're like, it's that not, warrior mentality. That's what it is. It's that warrior mentality. You break, you, you bring it to the private sector where you give yourself that purpose or you find that purpose where you're not sitting in a cubicle like I did and doing fucking insurance claims. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? There's, you know, there's no purpose in this where you, you got to find your purpose. And I think, uh, Sean, you, you help. It sounds like you help out to find that purpose, to, to give that veteran that purpose or, or have them discover that purpose. I mean, I'd refine it a little bit. I think um, what I do is I help go through the list. At the end of the day, they come with that purpose. And, and then we start to talk about what's possible within that. I mean, I'll take, I'll take passion over talent any day of the week. I'll take culture over strategy any day of the week. My job is to build a culture where people can be who they are and then fee- see where they fit and then pr- you know, pursue what their, what their desires and passions are. Um, I work in aerospace and defense. So the the Lockheed Martins and Northrop Grumman's and Newport News, you know, those are the are the 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 clients that that I serve. So what I do is in a cubicle and not not super sexy in many cases, but the end result of the mission is very important. And for people coming in and coming out of the military, if they're saying, "Look, I've got these things that I really like. I don't have these skills." That's fine. You can teach those skills. I mean, they got a Mr. Boston's bartender guide for a reason. You can't know every drink. <laughs> yeah. And it ain't about what you, if you know what's in a Manhattan that makes you a good bartender. It, it's, it's the personality. It's, the, it's what you're born with that makes you good at that job. Same kind of story. So people coming out of the military saying, I don't have skills in cybersecurity or I don't have skills in that. I, I don't care. That doesn't bother me at all. You can, that could be taught. But do you want to be here? Do you want to do something for yourself? Do you want to do something for your community? Do you want a family? Do you have one already? You know, do you have a sense of duty and calling to them? And do you want to go do something that's important with your life or, or not? If the answer is no, that's fine. Then I'm not the right guy for you. If the answer is yes, cool. Let's let's sit down and talk about where we can, can make each other better. We all win when we do it this way. I mean, it, 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 we, we talk about it being uh, philanthropy, and, and it is. But in reality, we all win. Individually, Robert wins. I win. The the veteran wins. The the clients that we serve, my company, our community, and this country all win by doing it this way. So it's silly to me to 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 not. It's yeah. it, it's extraordinary. Everything you guys are describing right now is extraordinary, and it, and it really it falls back into the into the culture of even the military culture of moving yeah. forward together. Yeah. You know, just because you're out or even in law enforcement, just because you're out doesn't mean you you have to stop. Doesn't mean you're spinning your tires. Yeah. You have resources. Yeah. You have friends. Yeah. These guys aren't doing it to make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, it's all How- about the success. The success is, is that veteran being able to find that, you know, to take right. that purpose and, and use it in a positive way. Uh, versus, you know, going into that path of destruction of drinking and homeless and all that, where you're, you're helping them realize that, hey, it, it, there's more out there for you than just getting out of the military and now not knowing what to do. I mean, you have a, an awesome quote here by uh, Lou Holtz, uh, uh, football coach, and he said, people need something to do, some someone to love, someone to believe in, and something to hope for. And and that's 100% true. You, you know, you take anybody in the military, any combat vet that's in there, that's them right there. Yeah, right there. That's me. That's Rob. That's that's all of us that 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 you know we're in combat and everything. It's like you know we we need those things, uh, th- that purpose, that realization that 
yeah, you know what? The end result is going to save a warfighter down the road, or the end result is going to be making my community 10 times better than what it is, you know? And, and that's, that is the, that purpose and that drive that moves us forward all the time. So I think what you guys do is, is phenomenal where you're able to take veterans and get them to realize that your service isn't just, you know, pulling the trigger or, or, you know, going into combat, your, your service lies beyond that now, you know, where yes. you can take those, those skills that you've developed and learned and that warrior spirit and bring it into a different field. You just need a new mission. Yeah, exactly. exactly and, and that's yeah. the thing with, with Havoc, uh, Havoc Journal, uh, you know, the, the, the owner of Havoc Journal, he's um, uh, Charlie Fane. He's a, he's a, a fifth uh, SF guy and, and he teaches at West Point and he has a foundation called Second Mission. And that's exactly it. You know, Second Mission is for those veterans that need that second mission. But the good thing, so like what we do, I mean, for the podcast, yeah. right? We don't do this for the money. No. We do a lot of this for our brothers and sisters. It's very yeah. informational, but we're also collaborating with everybody. Yeah. Like even from the Wellness for Warriors people, yeah. the second mission, yeah. 22 Mohawks, these guys, like we're bringing a lot of this stuff together. Yeah. And we need to be doing a lot more of that. Like we've wasted, a, not wasted, we've spent a lot of time and money doing this stuff. Yeah. Right. And a lot of effort yeah. too. And it takes away from us, but we still have the drive to yeah. continue doing it and bring these guys. So guys, I'm telling you for Claymore and, and, and you, Sean, we're going to get this out to as many people as we possibly can, because at the end of the day, number one, I'm a firm believer in karma, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do as much good as you possibly can. And eventually something good will happen for me. But if that's not what I'm in it for. I want to do the good. I want to make sure you guys get out there. I mean, there. one of the worst feelings a human being can have is feeling useless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of the worst feelings. It's useless and alone. And we want to tell people, veterans, police officers, if you get out of the job, you're not useless. You're not alone. There's plenty of success stories out there. Yeah. And even if you don't get to a certain success level, everybody wants to be a billionaire, Yeah. right? Even if you don't get there, everything is relative. Somebody that's making $50 million a year is looking down on somebody making $5 million a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So guys, really, thank you. Like it, a million, thank you a million percent for what you guys are doing for everybody. And anything you guys need, you make sure you reach out to us and let us know because I'm and I will balls to the wall to make sure that we try and help yeah and and that's the thing where you know actually now that i'm thinking about it i have that uh, airborne for vets coming up soon yep. you know towards the end of february and uh, and i think uh you know with the veterans that are are coming down uh, i think uh giving them your information uh claymore operations i think it's going to help them big time uh, because some of them, uh, again, some of them, it's, it's it's amazing how the veteran community connects, right? Uh, some of them that signed up for it, we know nothing about them. Yeah. So so when they show up, we're going to have to kind of assess, see where they're at in life. And at that point, because not only Airborne for, uh, for Vets, it's, not, it's more than just a jump. That's the kind of the, 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 the catchphrase over here. It's more than just a jump. It's actually going to be uh, collaborating, networking, you know, and, and helping these, vet, uh, you know, fellow veterans get to a good spot in their lives you know so yeah it's going to be kick-ass we're going to jump out of planes but there's a lot more to it than just that you know yeah. getting into the planes is the sexy part it's actually right. the other stuff that is going to be a lot more meaningful uh to them so this is yeah this compartmentalizing these issues only keeps them back yeah right we need to open and expand as much resource as we can for law enforcement and the military Right. And yeah. that's what, like you said, if we can get guys and if you don't mind, can we put your information up on our website Please so me. that, you know, when people go up there and we get thousands of listeners, you got, we got a few minutes before we end the show. Tell people how to find you. You can find us at claymoreops.org. That's claymoreops.org. Um, if you type in .com, it still goes to the same place. Um, Social media, the Facebook pages, all that. Facebook, yeah, we got Facebook. You reach out to us, however you can get to us and we'll, we'll connect you. So it's, it's, we, we want you to reach out and, and maybe there's something specific that you need or whatever. We'll, we'll go from there, but, but reach out to us because we have, we do have, like I said, a, a waiting list of people who want to mentor. They're ready to go. So we just need the, we just need you to get on board. So do you, do you have anything in the future coming up, Rob, that you want to talk about in terms of with Claymore operations? Well, so we're hoping to bring on more war fighters this year and, 
the, you know, we'll be doing some events and things like that. We're doing a Humvee poll in May. We did one last year and it went great. And so that's like teams of teams of people pulling a Humvee for, for best time, you know, set distance, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's in Dallas. Don't, don't yeah. invite fucking Lou Ferrigno over here. Uh, I'm, already, I'm already thinking, Hey, I, I might deadlift a Humvee tomorrow morning. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right. So, uh, so the, that's what you get. You, so do you do that every year or is this kind of like the yep. second one? It's okay. an annual deal. And ho- hopefully we're going to do a shoot house too for, oh, for as a fundraiser. Yeah. Oh. So we'll get. You know, I'm going to fl- a, I'm gonna have to fly a, to Dallas then a couple times. Yeah, we got to go. We got to come down there. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, uh, do you have anything uh, you want to uh, plug or talk about before uh, we start wrapping up? No, no. This is really all about Claymore. But, um, I mean, I'm out there on, on the on the web and social media. Feel free to reach out to me, to Claymore, to Robert, to any of those folks. Uh, I'm just happy at the, uh, you know, at the, at the, at the level of support and, uh, and really the level of love that uh, – that we and, and, uh, and the rest are getting. So, uh, I appreciate all you guys. Thanks for having us out here. And, and, uh, thanks for listening to us talk about the, uh, about the mission. All right, cool. Yeah. And I, and I want to say to you guys, I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast. You're doing great work and, and you're, you're building a community really love to see that. And I hope that you'll continue doing it. And one more thing is that I feel like as policemen, both of you, you don't get, you don't hear enough. People say, thank you for what you're doing. You're out on the streets uh, no. every night. And I'm sleeping yeah. with my head on the pillow, comfortable because you're out there on the streets between me and the and the bad guys. And you know, when it comes down to going home at night to your family or not going home, you know, do what you got to do because because you are supported. Thanks, brother. Uh, thanks, really, guys. guys. All right, guys, hang out. Uh, we'll be right back with you in a couple minutes. We're just going to do uh, the outro. All right, sir. Yep. I mean, I got to say, now that I have them on mute, what an honor. Yeah, it was. A what an cool honor run. to get both these guys on there, yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean guys, uh, you know, who listen, definitely uh, go to uh, Amazon, get the book. Yes. Uh, you know, we'll uh, put it up and, on the descriptor yeah, and we'll, all we'll that. We'll put it on the descriptor and all that. Badass, guys. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Please go to ProjectSapient.org. You're going to see a list of our supporters, a list of guys like Rob from Claymore Operations. All, all of our assets are going to be on there on the website. We want to say thank you to our sponsors, DCD Automotive, which is the Bach Group, New Car Group in Massachusetts, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, Second Mission, Live Boston, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, Gun Track, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, Joint Operation. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient.